Welcome back in. Good to have you. Hour number three, flying by today on a Wednesday. Getting through it. Good to have you on board today. Our buddy Mark Scofio, SB Nation, uh, joining us on the hotline. Mark, how you doing today? I am doing well, Bill. How are you? Great to be with you as always. Uh, always good. And, uh, boy, I wish we had better things to talk about in Green Bay. Let's start there. Um, with that defense and what we witnessed on Sunday, um, uh, were you surprised? Outside looking in, were you surprised the Packers didn't make a change as defensive coordinator? I mean, I was very surprised. I mean, when <laughs> – it's never good when you are on a one-of-one list like the one that Joe Barry is on right now to be the first defensive coordinator in Packers history to allow an opposing quarterback come in and post a perfect passer rating. Say what you want about passer rating as a statistic, but Baker Mayfield was on fire Sunday. And it's you know the conversation we've been having throughout our time together about this Packers defense and some schematic and structural issues that seem to be holding them back. We had this conversation a week ago when they let Tommy DeVito go down the field and get a position for a game-winning field goal. And so I'm very surprised that a change hasn't been made. You know, I understand Coach LaFleur saying, that, look, I don't think it's the right thing to do right now, but it seems like it's coming. So why not do it right now? This is a team that is still in the thick of a playoff fight here. These issues may keep creeping into game after game after game. And if it ends up keeping you out of the playoffs, you're going to look back on that decision not to make a change and wonder what could have been. I I was surprised they didn't make a change. The only thing that, uh, at least around this area, is is that um, you know maybe Matt LaFleur doesn't have another option to go up into the booth and call defensive plays. But my question is, first of all, isn't that an indictment of your coaching staff? And secondly, you know, you can't do any worse, I would assume, than, you know, playing seven yards off the ball when you only need four yards for a first down. I mean, it, it doesn't take a mathematician to kind of figure things out. So I'm thinking to myself, like, look, uh, you know, I, these are the same things we've been complaining about about for years. And to say that he's, you know, Matt LaFleur said after the game, I'm trying to find solutions. To me, the solution was get rid of the problem, and that is your defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to find solutions, it's like, you know, there's that Simpsons meme where it's like, we're looking for ideas, but we haven't tried anything. Like, this seems to be something that you can try here. And if you're looking for solutions, this is one that has been bandied about around this organization. For This isn't the first time the Joe Barry conversation has come up. This isn't the first year this conversation has come up. This has been a topic of our conversations over the years now for a while. And the fact that at this point you're still not willing – And again, it goes to your point about an indictment on the coaching staff. If you don't have somebody you think can come in and call plays, well, maybe you should have thought about that when these conversations cropped up last year and thought, well, maybe we should get somebody on staff that we would trust to call plays if we have to make a switch down the road. Uh, I want to talk about this Packers' chances of getting into the postseason. Now, my thought is if they get there, I think it's great. If they can get some experience for a lot of the young guys to actually see what it's like. to I don't care if you get dump trucked or not. Just get to the postseason. Get there. That means you will have to have won out. You'll fought the entire way. You get into the postseason. You see what the amped up uh, energy is like. There's nothing bad about getting to the postseason for the Green Bay Packers at this point, is there? Absolutely not. I mean, at, at this point with where this team is right now, you're not in the position where if you were thinking about the draft or something like that to get into a top five pick. You've already outplayed that. So get into the playoffs. Give this young team, this young core, Playoff experience, like you said, even if you get bounced right out, you know, you get in as the seven seed, you get bounced out by the two seed, whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia. Okay, you've got playoff experience. You now know what it's like 
that supercharged environment of an NFL playoff game on Wild Card Weekend when you're just, you know, one of the three games or two games that might be on TV that day. It's a much different atmosphere. And the more playoff experience you can get, the better this group will be going forward. So absolutely, if you can get in, that would be great, even if you lose. And I still think there's a path to them getting in. Three winnable games still left on the schedule. Certainly that path is a lot tougher after what they've done these past two weeks. But you look at the teams they have left on their schedule, starting with Carolina this week, they're three winnable games. There's an opportunity here to get to the playoffs, get that much-needed postseason experience. Even if you lose, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with getting to the playoffs. It's still an accomplishment, and it is still something that you can build on going into next year. Now, there's so much going on throughout the NFL. I want to try to touch on a little bit of everything. So today, the Jets actually activated Aaron Rodgers and elevated him to the roster. My question would be, why? What what good comes of this? Because uh, uh, you know he's not going to play, so why are they doing that, do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think on a technical level, it's so he can practice and maybe just get some reps in with people that – they assume he'll be throwing to next year on a sort of not technical level. It's well, you don't have much going for you right now. Might as well get him back on the practice field. It will keep people interested. It will keep people coming to MetLife, you know, keep fans energized as much as you can get fans energized at this point of the season. And what's been a lost year for the New York jets, but you know, he's not going to play. There's no reason to let him out there. There's no reason to take the chance that he's going to get hurt. He's not going to play. It's, it's a technical thing so he can practice and get some practice reps with players that he might be thrown to next year. It also helps keep people interested in the team, and it keeps us talking and writing about it. So I guess that's worth something. Uh, I want to go to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They're, going to ha- they're pl- basically in the playoffs from here on out because uh, if they lose anything, then they're pretty much going to be dead in the water in the AFC side of things. So are the Buffalo Bills one of the most dangerous teams, if indeed they make the postseason, heading into the postseason, that you wouldn't want to play? I think so. Uh, and I, I wouldn't have said that had they won against Dallas in their typical fashion of Josh Allen was just doing some Josh Allen things. I think what we saw this past Sunday was a different side of the Buffalo Bills, one that gives them more pathways to winning football games and one that should potentially scare the rest of the AFC if they indeed do get in. Now that's still a question because they've got to get ahead of some teams, teams like Cincinnati and Denver that have, tiebreakers on them right now but the fact that they were able to rush for 266 yards as a team something they have not done since 2016 before Josh Allen was even in the league the fact that they were able to do it with Josh Allen completing just seven passes on the afternoon and as he even said I feel like somebody that was part of the group project that did nothing and still got an A that should scare teams because it gives them more pathways to win football games they were able to slow down what had been a very good Dallas offense coming into that game and so that's a very scary result if you're saying the Miami Dolphins the Baltimore Ravens you know even the Kansas City Chiefs who obviously just lost to these Buffalo Bills you see now that oh they could beat us a couple of different ways if we get to a game say a game in Baltimore in the divisional round and it's wet and it's rainy and there's some sleet as we've seen in some Baltimore playoff games in the past and the passing game is not an option for both teams now Buffalo can run the ball a little bit Now you've seen that they can win that kind of game, too. And so I think right now they're the scariest team that I don't think any AFC playoff team wants to face. And a lot of AFC playoff teams are probably hoping that they stumble here down the stretch, that they scuffle maybe against the Chargers or the Patriots, a team they've already lost to. 
But there's a world where that game against Miami in week 18 means more than just getting in. It could mean a lot more than that, depending on what the Dolphins do down the stretch. And we know the Ravens are in, but you know Miami's going to be in. Kansas City's going to get there, but uh, has kind of is the Emperor wearing no clothes now? Have Kansas has Kansas City been completely exposed that just their offensive weapons are so bad they don't have the ability to hang on to the football that that tempers are boiling over and that things are regressing to the point we're not going to see Kansas City make a deep run. And you would assume that in the off season, a lot of those guys are no longer going to be with that team. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, I think, a lot of changes in that wide receiver room because, as you said, there's frustration and temper sort of flaring up and boiling over. I think at the end of that game against the Bills, the frustration we saw from Mahomes, and again, frustration this weekend on another interception was part of that from Patrick Mahomes. It's just that, you know, he's playing well, but at the same time, teams are taking away Travis Kelsey, and it's where is he going to go from there? They've gotten Rice involved, which I think has been very helpful to their offense, but you know, Tony's obviously had some mistakes these past couple of weeks with the offsides penalty against Buffalo, and then, you know, an interception that goes right through his hands and basically gifts New England not just a turnover, but seven points on the ensuing drive. This is a team, this is an organization that is now being tested in ways they haven't been tested before because in years past, it was our offense is fantastic. We can put up points in bunches, and yeah. Maybe the defense isn't great, but we've got 15, we've got 87, we've got Tyreek Hill, we've got Juju Smith-Schuster, we've got all these weapons that we can create explosive plays, and if the defense does just enough, we can win. And even if they don't do just enough, we can still win. Now it's the defense is really good, but this isn't an era where defenses win games. It's an era where you've got to have a very good offense, and with the rest of that receiver group, not pulling their weight and teams able to take away Travis Kelsey with the way they have, it's a struggle for them. And now they're facing their first road playoff game of, the, of this team, of this core group. What's that going to be like? What's that going to be like if they have to go on the road for an AFC championship game to Baltimore, to Miami, or somewhere else? That could be a tough road for them. And so I think we're seeing what it looks like when everything's not going their way on the offensive side of the ball. It's much tougher for them to win games. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indy, Houston, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, all jumbled right there. Even Denver at 7-7, seven and seven, they're all jumbled right there. Who do you think has the best shot? I would, put, I would assume Buffalo's probably up there on that list. But out of the rest, I mean, I know Cleveland's got a championship defense, but do you have enough faith in Joe Flacco and is Browning the guy in Cincinnati? Because obviously they're not going to get Joe Burrow back. I mean, who of those teams do you think have, have the staying power and wherewithal to be able to make it to the postseason? I mean, I think Cleveland obviously has a very good shot. They're very much in position for, you know, a playoff spot. There's a scenario, a couple of different scenarios out there where they can actually clinch a spot this weekend, depending on getting a win against Houston and having some games go their way. So I think Cleveland, you mentioned their defense, obviously a championship-type defense. As we just talked about, this is not a defense wins championship kind of era. But I think they're getting enough from Flacco right now and, this game against the Bears this past weekend is a prime example where he throws three interceptions. It's not great, but their defense keeps them in it, and he's somebody that can make a big play or two in a big spot, and he did that. The touchdown to Cooper, the two throws to Najoku on the game-winning field goal drive. He's obviously been through playoff fights before, so I think that group that they have on defense and with what they're getting right now from Flacco they can get into the playoffs. As I said, they can actually clinch this week and put together a little run. We've talked about Buffalo. I think they're a very good football team, and I think they're getting hot at absolutely the right time. 
So I think that's a very good team to watch. Now, obviously, they need some things to go their way, and they do probably need some breaks as well as just winning out. But I think they're a team that you can look at and say, if they do get in, nobody wants to see them. And then a team that I keep coming back to is the Colts. I mean, you look at where that team is right now. You know, they just got this win this past weekend against the Steelers. I know they lost to Cincinnati. You know, so that gives Cincinnati a tiebreaker in a scenario where they finish tied. But they get Atlanta, Vegas, and the Texans in the final week of the season. And the Texans, you know, they're keeping it very slow. They're sort of being very patient with C.J. Stroud in this concussion protocol situation. Leads you to believe that they might hold him out the next two weeks because they understand, look, the fact that we're in the playoff mix is great, but we drafted C.J. Stroud for the next 10 years, not the first year, and they don't want to rush him back. So if they lose a couple of games here and there, maybe they decide to sit him in week 18, and that gives Indy an advantage in that game too. So Cleveland, Buffalo, Indy are the three right now, but it's all very close with these teams. So let me uh, let me talk about coaching uh, real quick because you got Mike Tomlin over there, and there's a lot of talk about him after 17 years in Pittsburgh. Maybe he's not going to be there. Obviously, the Bill Belichick thing, which continues to come up. There's Ron Rivera, who most likely will be out of a job at the end of the season. There's a lot of guys that are big names that are going to be on the open market. Do you see one, all, or just a couple losing jobs? How do you, how do you see the coaching carousel beginning to turn? Yeah, I mean, I I think. You know, it kind of starts with Belichick in a way, you know, because I think if you're a team that may be going back and forth on whether you're going to move on from a coach or not, and Bill Belichick might be out there, that might be kind of a nudge that makes you just decide, hey, you know, let's go get Bill Belichick. Let's make a move here. So that could be a pretty big domino that falls. You know, you mentioned Ron Rivera. That's a name that I don't think people would be surprised at. Robert Sala, I think, is going to get the sort of Rodgers reprieve where it's, hey, we went all in on Aaron Rodgers, and he got hurt in the fourth play. Like, I did the best I could, but this was our plan A, B, and C, and it fell to pieces before the first game was over. And so I think he's going to get a sort of reprieve there. Matt Eberflus in Chicago, that certainly looks like a situation that's going to end with him out of a job. A name that I'm kind of wondering about now is Arthur Smith in Atlanta. I mean, Arthur Blank came out this week and basically said, well, you know, we're going to play out the string and we didn't have a playoff mandate in place, but we expected this team to be competitive. And he kind of, you know, danced around it a little bit. But when you're bench, you're starting Desmond Ritter, then you're benching him, then you're bringing him back. Now you're benching him again. It seems like there's kind of a seesaw situation happening in Atlanta. And you wonder if that team does indeed scuffle down the stretch. This was a team that was in the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. Now they've played themselves out of playoff position. It could be a scenario where it ends up costing them a job. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, uh, we've got Philadelphia, and they've started to slide. What do you believe is the problem in Philadelphia? They're very much a James Harden kind of offense right now. Threes and layups. You know, everything's a deep shot or a check down or a screen. They, last year they were better at attacking the middle of the field in the passing game. And I think that's really sort of hurt them. They, they're calling plays. They're not calling an offense from the offensive coordinator standpoint. And defensively, look, you know, they tried the sort of Matt Patricia thing this week, and it didn't quite work. And so similar to the – you know, both of these Super Bowl teams from last year are being tested in ways they didn't see coming. You know, for Kansas City, they probably didn't expect their offense to be a problem. It's a problem. You know, for Philadelphia, they probably didn't expect their offense – and their defense with the talent they have on both sides of the ball to be problems, 
They have problems right now. And so it's a gut check moment for last year's two Super Bowl teams as we head towards the Christmas holiday. Great stuff as always, Mark. Have a terrific Christmas. You and I will talk again next week. I always appreciate it, okay? Always a blast, Bill. Merry Christmas to you and yours. We'll talk next week. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, Mark Schofield, kind of knowing his stuff. And uh, Michael C. says, uh, WTF, James Harden plays basketball. Yeah, but that's what he's talking about. It's kind of the James Harden offense. You know, you're you're trying to take the threes and you're trying to uh, get a couple of layups, but you're not doing everything uh, beyond that. It's all offense, no defense. So, yeah, it's kind of a good analogy, actually. 877-867-1670, hit us up. Bottom of the hour, we're going to start making our picks, start rolling around the rest of the NFL. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends Chance you're out and about last minute Christmas shopping, you're out lacrosse. You're like, you know, I just want good stick to your ribs kind of meal. Speaking of ribs, hint, hint. Our friends at Big Board Barbecue. Whether it's a lunch, a dinner, you can get it to go. You can pick it up for a whole gathering. Maybe you just want to, you don't even want to cook. Maybe you just want to get a big bag of the pulled pork, some of their sauces, uh, the mac and cheese, or you know, the coleslaw, whatever it happens to be, just bring it home. Spread it out, put it in bowls, pots, pans, spread it out, and enjoy your holiday. Uh, Let them do the cooking. 608-612-0387, or just simply go to BigBoarBBQ.com out in West Salem. Big Boar Barbecue, they've got gift cards for the barbecue lover or the food lover in your life. If you're doing it for some of the college kids uh, out at UW Lacrosse, out in that area, dude, that makes a great gift idea. There you go. Just head over to West Salem. Get yourself some barbecue. Great stuff and expensive stuff, but really, 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 really good. Family-owned, been around a long time. Again, Big Board Barbecue in West Salem. Call them, 608-612-0387, and the gift cards are available. They make great, great stocking stuffers. So check out our friends at BigBoarBBQ.com. 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout if you want to do so. Um, Great Dane says, uh, watching the Eagles myself, they are just getting too predictable. Tush push, near unstoppable. 
So when teams avoid that, Hurts and the Eagles are human, and their defense is not playing well. Their defense is stinking it up. Yeah, pretty much. The defense is not what it was last year. The chunk plays are not – they're not um, garnering all the chunk plays that they had last year. They were averaging over four or five a game, and they're not doing that this year. So you can see where they've become a little more human, I guess, might be the best way to put it. The tush push, though, they've got down to mastery. They really do. They've got it down to mastery. They, they, it's not easy to emulate and duplicate and replicate and impersonate and all that kind of stuff, but I still don't like it. I know some people love it, but I don't like it. I'm not a favor of the tush push. You know what I love, Bill? Because I hate What's to that? tush push too. Is I'm yeah. I'm last night I'm at the gym and I'm watching some segments from you know Get Up and the the herd and first things first, just kind of hearing some opinions and they're talking about the Eagles who lost the other night and Jalen Hurts is struggling, right? Yeah. And it comes up, he's like, well, they got all these touchdowns, but some of those are just tush push touch. Like people are kind of starting to diminish it now, and I right. love it. I think it's great. I I'm just so happy because I want it to go away. I hate it. Yeah, I'm not a. I don't mind if your offensive line uh, out muscles the defensive front and the quarterback plows in. What I don't like is the fact that they'll line up uh, two tight ends behind them and throw them through. Because um, there's just you know there's just not a really good way to stop that. It it just it just doesn't happen. I, I I'm I'm not a fan. To be perfectly honest, not a fan. Uh, I would love to see them just say, look, you cannot push somebody into the end zone. Now, if you – I would I would eliminate, eliminate it with a quarterback. <clears throat> now, if you've got a running back who gets stalemated at the line of scrimmage and you've got a guy or two that runs up behind him and shoves him through, I don't mind that. But the tush push, if you will, I'm just not a fan of that. It's basically, you know, as, as Nick Sirianni says, it's, you know, every every series for them is first and nine, first and eight, because they know they can get the one or two yards via the tush push. So it changes the game. And, no, don't get me wrong, they mastered it. Give them credit. But I think the league's eventually going to catch up. And from what I understand, uh, Roger Goodell hates it too. So you know that's going to be a topic of conversation come the offseason via the competition committee to say – you know, hey, uh, is this going to be something we want to eliminate? I think they will, but we'll see. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Greg says somebody's going to get hurt with uh, a back or a neck injury with 300-pound guys pushing you. I don't think anything more than a, a running back lowering his head and trying to plow through. I don't, I don't, I don't see that, you know. It's not because of injury that they're going to outlaw it. It's because it's so automatic. You know, it's like the PAT. They didn't want it to be automatic, so they moved it back. And that's and they haven't been as automatic. The one thing, I mean, if you want to eliminate injuries, that's what they're trying to do is they want to outlaw the kickoff. I, I've Kickoffs have gotten to the point where it's like, just get it out of the game. If, if this is what you're going to do to it, just get. they're never going to go back. They're never going to open it back up. They're only going to regulate it and regulate it and regulate it. They want it out of the game. And I hate it. There is something thrilling about a guy taking the ball on the one-yard line and getting it out across the 40, the 45, the 50, or taking it to the house. You know, I, I, I hate kickoffs the way they are. I hate it. 
it 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 adds nothing to the game. There's no there's nothing competitive about it anymore, other than the fact that every, you know if you're going to do that with fair catches, then move the ball back another five yards, so that these guys aren't continuously kicking it out of the end zone, because the legs have gotten so big, it's just kick it deep into the end zone. Nobody's going to bring it out. But the, then the onside kick is another thing that they've basically eliminated. So the competitive ability at the end of a ball game to get an onside kick is almost nil. It was already a low percentage play. Now it's like nothing. To get an onside kick, when's the last time you saw somebody successfully convert it? And, and that, in opposed to how many that have actually taken place within a season, you know? The onside kick is, is also something that was strategic and was something that was worked on in football, and now it's become kind of a, kind of a joke. So I'd like to see them bring that back too, but not to say they ever will, but, you know. 877-867-1670. All right, let's do this. When we come back, uh, nobody's on buy anymore. The buys are done. We're going to run around the rest of the NFL. We're going to start making our picks, making our picks for this upcoming uh, weekend's slate of games. Stay tuned right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. New Year's Eve, we are going to be live. You'll be looking live at Boondocks, Barbecue Burgers, and Brews. In Oconomowoc, we're going to be there for the uh, the Packers and the Vikings. Packers and Vikings. And they got a watch party, music, Green and Gold postgame show, all going to be live at Boondocks coming up New Year's Eve. Spend New Year's Eve with us. Come on out and watch the Packers, enjoy some food, some music, and we'll talk about it afterwards, raise a little champagne toast, and then we can all ring in the new year together. 2024 hopefully will be a terrific year for everybody. But that's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews on County Road K in Oconomowoc. And we're going to be there uh, on uh, New Year's Eve. So come on out and do the watch party thing with us for the Packers game and have some fun. Have some fun. By all means, come on out and enjoy yourself. Uh, We're going to go ahead. Let's do this. Let's get in now to our picks. So how do we look when it comes to our picks, Grant, for – for the season so far. Did I do okay last week or not? Bill, I think last week was our best week of the year. We we were awesome last week. You hit 10 of 15 picks. I hit 11 of 15. Oh. And we took oh. a push. We took a push in uh, Chicago, Cleveland, so that game got thrown out. But, I, I mean, we were all over this. We were on Vegas. We were on Jake Browning against the Vikings. We were on Buffalo in Buffalo, San Francisco big, the Rams. Like, we got all these. We both got Seattle Monday night against Philly, so we had an awesome week. You're hitting 54% of your picks on the year. I'm at 55. So we both went up a little bit after last week. Wow. There we go. So I don't want to jinx it. We're making money now. Not a bad way to go. We are hot. Uh, Knock on wood as I say that. There's a lot of weird numbers. I was talking about this with Mark before we went on air. Like, small numbers, because Vegas doesn't trust anybody. And there's a lot of backup quarterbacks. So a a lot of these lines are hovering in between three and six, kind of in between a field goal and a touchdown. So um, let's start with Thursday night football. Tomorrow night, New Orleans at Los Angeles. So Saints at Rams. 
the Rams, Matthew Stafford playing awesome. They're four-point favorites at home. They are. Okay. Matthew Stafford, like you said, he has got a quarterback rating of 90, which is not great. 61.4 completion percentage, 21 touchdowns, nine picks. But he's been playing better. Cooper Cup, eight catches, 111 yards, and his fourth receiving touchdown of the season last week. He has really come back, played well. These uh, This team, basically, they're looking at their averages, and that's where they're setting the line because the, the, the Rams' offense averages 23.4 points per game. The New Orleans defense gives up just under 20 points a game, which is why we're sitting at four. I'm going to go with L.A. at home, gets the win, covers the spread. I'm going to go Rams, and I know it's the first game we're picking. It might be one of my favorite bets of the week. We'll see. I get Matthew Stafford. He's way better than Carr. McVay's been awesome. Um, I just love the Rams and what they're doing right now. So there's a couple Saturday games. There's two. There was three last week. There's two this week. Cincinnati, one of the first games on on Saturday again. They are in Pittsburgh, and they're two-point favorites. Jake Browning. Mm-hmm. 29 of 42, 324 yards and a couple of touchdowns, had the pick. Not bad. Um, something tells me that Pittsburgh at home and everything swirling around Mike Tomlin, just when you think Pittsburgh's down and out, they come back. Now, their quarterback, they're they're because Trubisky's not starting now, is he? Is it down? Are we now to Mason Rudolph now, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, Mason Rudolph. Expected to make his first start of the season. Um, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Cincinnati 8-6. and six, They got to have this if they're going to keep stay in the hunt, but so does Pittsburgh. And when Pittsburgh's back is usually against the wall, they perform. Uh, George Pickens has been heavily criticized this week because of his downfield blocking and releasing a player, and and the team's been all over him. T.J. Watt's been outspoken. I, and usually when you get a new quarterback, they give you a little bit of a spark. I'm going to go with Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. This is this game. So the Steelers have lost what three in a row here. This yeah. bet, this pick is basically how much you believe in Mike Tomlin, because right. there's just not a lot exciting. I believe with the in Steelers. Mike Tomlin over Zach Taylor. I'll okay, tell you that. Okay, um, Jake Browning's gonna sling it. He might make some mistakes, yep. but he's they're gonna go down swinging if they go down. And I don't think Pittsburgh can swing on the level that Cincinnati can. So unless Jake Browning completely melts down and has three interceptions, I actually like Cincinnati in this game because I I like Mike Tomlin, but I do not like his team. I don't like his quarterback. Cincinnati should win this game. Yes. I completely agree with you. But I have seen this story before. And and, and is Cincinnati the better team? Yes. Do they have more weapons and, and better quarterback? Yes. There's just something about Mike Tomlin's teams when their backs are against the wall that I got to go with, and that's the reason I'm going with them. And that's and that's fine. That's understandable. I just don't like his. There's there's so many things I don't like about his team that I'm going to pick against him. Although I think this will be a close. It's a divisional game. It's Saturday. It's standalone game. So I think it'll be close right. just for for those reasons. The night game on Saturday: Buffalo at the Los Angeles Chargers. Buffalo favored by 12 in this game. It's a big number. That's a really big number. And they're coming off of that huge game against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, Chargers just got blown up by 60. They got their coach fired. Easton Stick is the starter. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Bills. 
I, I, I know I'm going to regret this because Buffalo just came off a very high. Buffalo is going to win the game, but 12 is a big number to cover. Because um, Buffalo did exi- going East Coast to West Coast always tough. Coming off of a big emotional win always tough. Playing a team after they just fired their head coach always tough because they always kind of get up. That shocks the system. Mm-hmm. I'm, st- I'm going to take Buffalo, but my better judgment says you probably should take the Chargers to at least cover. Not to win the game, but to at least cover. But I'm going to take Buffalo. Buffalo's a good team. I wish they weren't so banged up defensively, but they have the profile and the roster of a contender. They should beat Easton Stick, but they lost to Zach Wilson, and they lost to Mac Jones. Like, they've lost to bad teams. So this will truly, if Buffalo comes out and rolls the Chargers this weekend, I will really be starting to believe that Buffalo can actually turn their season around and make the playoffs. Right. Call call me nuts. I'm going to bet the Chargers. 12 is too many. Uh, and I don't trust Buffalo that much yet. I need to see more. Noon games on Sunday. Indy is in Atlanta. And the Falcons, with now Taylor Heineke, who's the starter, uh, the Falcons favored by one. Garner Minshew. Completed 18-28. Looks decent. Has him trending in the right direction. Um, I, I'm going Indy. Uh, I like Indy and what they're doing. Uh, the porn stash has it going. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has 517 scrimmage yards uh, in the past six games. He's got a TD in two of his three last road games. I'm, I'm liking what they're doing. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Indy in this one. I'm gonna go with Indy too. Uh, Atlanta's the dumbest team in football. They're so stupid, yeah. and they find ways to lose games. And I'm not picking them. I'm not betting them. If they make me look no. bad, I, I want them to make me look bad because I didn't believe in them. That's that's why I'm not gonna lose money picking for that team and picking that team. Seattle at Tennessee. Seattle minus three coming off of a huge Monday night win. Short week. Remember, short week. Right. Yeah. And like you said, they got that really, really big win. Geno Smith, he's closing in on 3,000 yards uh, this year. Needs 82 for his third career 3,000-yard season, as a matter of fact. Seattle's offense putting up 21 points a game. Tennessee's defense giving that up. Um, I'm going to say Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle in this game. I, I think Tennessee... They're kind of, they're teetering. They just need that knockout blow, and I think Seattle's going to come in and deliver it. Seattle's flying high right now. I'm going to go with Seattle. I think as soon as you think Tennessee's dead, that's when you pick them. And just when you think Tennessee's figured it out, that's when you pick against them. You always got to go against the grain with the Titans. And I think Seattle, that win is going to do wonders for that locker room, for some of the DK Metcalf and Smith and Jigba, some of those weapons that have probably been frustrated this year. So I will cautiously take Seattle as well Uh, it's not one that I feel amazing about but I'll I'll go down with Seattle Detroit at Minnesota the Lions off a huge win on Saturday night long week but Minnesota on a long week too they also played Saturday Detroit favored by three and a half yeah they I mean Jared Goff 278 yards five touchdowns no picks last week second career game with five touchdown passes Uh, Jameer Gibbs is running the ball well uh, and I just I think the Vikings defense is kind of for as good as it was midseason it's fallen off. I, I'm going with Detroit on the road to get the win in this one. I will pick Detroit from here on out if they're playing in a dome or at home. Yeah, uh, I think they're a lot better. And, and I'm with you. I, I think Minnesota's defense is very good. Um, they looked unstoppable for a couple of weeks. And now there's there's some cracks in the armor. So I'll take Detroit. I think they're really yeah. good. And they had to play outside a couple of times, so they lost. Um, Washington. At the New York Jets, the Jets are somehow favored by three points in this football game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, don't forget, they have now activated Aaron Rodgers. 
He's going to be standing on the sidelines with a bucket. Uh, look, I, I think the Jets just defensively are better. I'll just take the Jets because of their defense, so I'll take the Jets to win this one. Man, I hate both coaches. I hate both offenses. I hate both quarterbacks. I would. Never... I think Washington's packed it in. I think Washington, the yeah. way Washington played, I think they packed it in. The Jets at least still have a little bit of a, a, a bounce in their step and a little bit of pride. I think Washington knows coach is gone. Changes are coming. They packed it in. The motor's running. They're waiting for the season to end so they can all jump in the car and leave. I agree. I think Washington is a little better. I think their offense is capable. The Jets' offense isn't capable. So I'll bet Washington, I would never in a million years spend any of my or my family's money betting on this clown show. Ever. Right. Um, I'll just I'll pick against you, and it'll be fun to see who wins. Cleveland at Houston, and then we'll take a break, do the 3 o'clock games next. Yeah. Uh, I, Cleveland I two love and a half, this game. By the way. I love this game. Um, here's the thing. Cleveland's defense, number one in the National Football League, only giving up 261 yards a game. And Joe Flacco had a season high in completions of 28 for 63% completion percentage and actually looks decent. He's doing enough. Um, and also, Kareem Hunt's got three touchdowns in his uh, last five road games. I, I'm going to go with Cleveland in this one to get the win. I know that th- it's a great story what they have going on in, in Houston right now. C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, has zero interceptions in each of his past three games and a 105-plus quarterback rating in two of his past three games. 17 touchdowns, no picks. He's playing great. I'm just going to say the defense of Cleveland will win this thing, and Cleveland's going to win the game. Uh, Everything you said, I agree 100%. I think there are some parallels with Houston and Green Bay. It's like Stroud looked awesome, but then he got a little banged up. And then Tank Dell got hurt, and Nico Collins was yeah. banged up. So the Packers, I think a good lesson for Packers fans is we can look at Houston and say, wow, they're really building something, but they ran out of gas a little bit and got hurt. Yeah. And the same thing might be happening to our Packers. So maybe a good right. AFC example. I'll take Cleveland as well. There you go. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break and come back with the afternoon slot of games, including the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Come- Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, ho, ho! I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho! Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Afternoon games in the Green Bay Packers. Making our picks. Running around the rest of the NFL. Good afternoon. Welcome on board. 
Grand Bills and I going through it, and uh, let's do it. Let's uh, pick up the uh, the second slate of games, if you will. So there's fewer games on Sunday because we got a couple on Christmas, but the first three o'clock game on Sunday, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. The Bucks coming off a win in Green Bay. They're favored by one. Wow, that's a good game too because Jacksonville is still trying to win that division. Jacksonville's trying to solidify themselves in the uh, the postseason. Trevor Lawrence is now going to be two weeks outside of that high ankle sprain. And the amazing thing is, last week he went for 264 yards, a touchdown, no picks, and he rushed for 41 yards last week, even on the bad ankle. So, as good as Tampa Bay looked last week, I think they don't look that good this week. I'm going to take Jacksonville to win the game. I think I am, too, because I think Jacksonville's better than they've played. I think they've gotten in their own way. They've made mistakes that's cost them, and I think they're due for one. This is more about, for me, Jacksonville than it is about uh, Tampa Bay. Arizona at Chicago. Chicago minus four. Boy, that's tough for me because Arizona's offense is not good, but Kyler Murray last week at uh, 260 yards, a touchdown. Um, God... I just I, I look at what the Bears are doing. They've got a little bit of juice right now. This, they do this at the end of the season. They start to look good. They give everybody hope, and then next year they just kind of crap the bed. And Justin Fields, 14th TD pass of the season last week. He's third among quarterbacks with 488 rushing yards. So you know he's going to run it all over the place. Donta Foreman had four touchdowns in, the, in uh, his past three games at home. Uh, I'm God, it pains me to do it because I just think the Bears stink, but the Arizona defense has given up almost 27 points a game. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Bears. I'll I'll take the Bears in this one. Bears defenses look good. I'll take the Bears uh because Arizona's bad. Uh yeah. Justin Fields, what is he 9 and 29 in his career record as a starter? That's what they do. They Ooh, there's some promise, there's some flash there and they right. lost still. Um, right. So, yeah, Dallas at Miami. This is the last 3 o'clock game. Miami favored by a point and a half. Taking Miami. I, I, the, the road record for the Dallas Cowboys versus the home record and against teams over 500. And both teams come into this thing at 10-4. and four. Last week, Dallas got dump trucked in the run game. Uh, Dak Prescott did not look good. So you kind of figure he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back game. But Dallas's offense is averaging 30.8 points per game. Miami's defense has been pretty strong at just over 20 points a game, 21 points a game. But the Dolphins lead the NFL in total offense. They're averaging 414 yards a game. And Dallas' secondary is not great. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Dolphins to win this one at home. I'm going to go with Dallas. I just really believe in them. I think they're good. And uh, I think they'll win. I don't really have the road split home evidence is not good for the Cowboys. But yeah. uh, I think they win. I guess it's just a gut feeling. The Sunday night game. Uh, and then if we run out of time here, we have 15 minutes. Brad Spielberger at 115. Maybe we can do our Packers pick after the uh, the top of the hour. But New England at Denver, Sunday night, Denver minus six and a half. Oh, God. I, Bailey Zappi, I, you know, that's who they're you – know, I'm, I'm just – I'm taking Denver. I Look, I don't have much faith <laughs> in what's – I mean, I, I try to break this down, but New England's offense is averaging – the it's the worst points per game average in the National Football League. It's just over 13, 13.3 points per game. They're terrible. I mean, they suck. And Denver's defense is not great, but Denver's offense 
is averaging over 20, almost 22 points a game. I, so I'm going to take Denver just by the point spread alone in the defense versus the offense. I'm going to take Denver in this one. Yeah, I don't think New England can win this game or, or, or cover unless they get a defensive score. Right. Russ might give it to him, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there's three games on Christmas. We can knock out one or two of these, and we might have to take a break. Las Vegas at Kansas City. It's the first game. Kansas City minus 10. Minus 10? Yes, sir. Wow. That's the Jim Nance-Tony Romo game, too, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, God. Las Vegas' offense stinks. They're only averaging like 18 points a game. But can't, I'll, you know what? I'll take Kansas City to, to win and cover. Here's the reason why. At some point, something's got to give. And so much focus has been on the craptastic receivers uh, that they have over there. Now, Rasheed Watt Rice, the wide receiver, he's mm-hmm. become a go-to guy. And But I don't think De- that uh, Las Vegas' defense has enough to cover Tra- Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, somebody's got to catch a pass from Patrick Mahomes. And Isaiah Pacheco is aims for his fourth in a row with 85-plus yards from scrimmage. I, I'm going to go with Kansas City in this one. I'll go with Kansas City, too, because it's mostly just drops. By the way, if you look at the stats, you know, for, for all the things that people are saying about the Chiefs and their offense is down and they're struggling, Patrick Mahomes is top of the league or near the top of the league in passing yards, right? A lot of yeah. the stats, if you just take away some of the drops, and as Rasheed Rice – starts to be a little bit more trustworthy. They don't have to throw to Kadarius Tony and MVS right. as much. So uh, I'm on the Chiefs, and I still think if we were to do our Super Bowl picks today, I still think I'd pick Kansas City to come out of the AFC. We have um, two more Christmas games and then the Packer games. Why don't we do those coming up after? Yeah, we'll do that because I think we still got uh, we still got DeVito to do, right? Tommy DeVito. And probably the best game of the week, which is Baltimore at San Francisco. Did you see uh, DeVito's agent, the alone or whatever the hell his name is that he uh tommy devito had agreed to make an appearance for ten thousand dollars at a pizzeria and then he said oh no it's 20 and the pizzeria said we don't have 20 and he said well then you don't get tommy not i mean that's what he did he he, yeah not a good look for tommy devito in new york he was supposed to make an appearance and didn't because he wasn't getting paid enough money i'd have given it to him in pizza pizza slices all right got another hour yet to go stay right where you're at more the bill michael show coming up right after this